just sing praises to you. Father, just do your good work in our lives. For those that are struggling, that it's, it's well with their soul, just invade them today. Help them to feel your presence, your spirit, your comforter, your counselor. We thank you that you walk through us, walk with us through whatever we go through. You are Emmanuel, God with us. You are our living hope, confident assurance that you're going to fulfill your promises. One of those promises is kind of cloudy, but you can figure out how to get through there so we can see you. <laughs> so thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you. Thank you so much, Derek and team. Really, really appreciate that. Well, well done this morning. Thank you. say, well, it's just a really, really great group of people. You've been so kind to me over these years and my family, so thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Okay, so with that, uh, how did your reading of Proverbs go this week? Yeah? So good? Did you say Lowell? Oh, not so good. Okay. <laughs> All right, so hey, I can encourage you every day get into Read Proverbs on the day. Uh, today's the 11th, right? So you read chapter 11. I do have a confession to make. I missed yesterday. Yeah, I worked from 6.30 until 9 o'clock last night. Well, I did go to a football game at 6. But that was with people from the church. It is ministry, okay? Listen, we had to sit in the rain the whole game and watch the issue play lousy, Okay. Come on. <laughs> um, but I, I was sitting studying my sermon this morning. It's like, I didn't read chapter 10 yesterday. <laughs> so uh, that's my confession to you today. Confess your sins to one another, and healing will come to you, James chapter 5, right? So I did read, I did go through 10 and 11 this morning so that I could have it done. But I couldn't believe it, I just totally forgot it. So, uh, Probably some of you might have forgot it too this week, right? Anybody want to stand up and confess now? <laughs> your chance, okay? It's your chance. But keep after it. If you miss a day, just pick up on the next day. You can go back and read the other one too. Like I said, I've been going off my U version. The narrator reads it. I read it. I see it. I say it out loud with him just to help try to put it in there just a little bit better, a little bit more into my head and into my mind. So keep after But here, the other thing is, God's going to share with you, I'm going to share some examples here. As you go through, He's going to be pointing out some things to you about wisdom. He's going to be pointing out some things about Proverbs. Those things are going to come because you're putting yourself into the Word. You're seeing and you're hearing and these things are going to come to you. 
So share them with me, if you would. I really want to hear from you what God is sharing and how Proverbs is starting to stand out for you. Here's, here's some of mine this week. On Monday, the daily bread. Right here, your little devotional guide. They're out there on the, the tables there. Commenting on James chapter 1, verse 12. I'll get a little copy of it there for you. But God promises wisdom for such times. I read that on Monday morning like, oh, I get it, Lord. Proverbs, wisdom, I get it. And he asks us to trust him as he provides what we need. Chapter 1, James chapter 1. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God to give to him generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith without any doubting. Right? That's how we ask, and he will give it to us. The next day, daily bread, 9-6. Tuesday, Proverbs 25, 16-18. This is what it says, again, in the daily bread. So many of the Proverbs are about self-control. And he quotes some of those verses. If you find honey, just eat enough, wrote the wise man. Chapter 25, 16. Self-control is a healthy mindedness that watches for the holes in the walls of our lives and keeps them patched. I get it, Lord. You're speaking to me. I get it on Friday. I wasn't very self-controlled as I made five trips down Highway 50. I get So I read it that morning, and this is an email text I get from somebody in our church. Good morning. Had to smile when I read the inside on today's daily bread. <laughs> Just what I read to you. Sounds like something I've heard recently. <laughs> Thanks for walking with us through Proverbs. Man, what a great encouragement. What a great encouragement. So share back. Tuesday, the same day, I opened up a post from Family Research Council. Here's what it said. The Lord has given us a wonderful gift in the book of Proverbs. Hello. Hello, Scott. Goes on. Today I direct your attention to chapter 18, verses 10 through 12. In verse 10, we have a promise. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. In verse 11, we read, A rich man's wealth is a strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. In verse 12, we read, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. End of quote. May we take to heart that a righteous person puts his confidence in the Lord as a strong tower. He can rest in the promise of having God's protection. Later in the day, Tuesday, I read a blog from Man in the Mirror. I don't usually read these blogs, but I open it up this day. It's from a book called A Guidebook for Spiritual Fathers by Ryan Reeves, a book that's soon to come out. He wrote this. Mr. Reeves wrote this. We are wired to give and receive praise. All throughout the Bible, God himself dotes on his children as a loving father. All through the Bible, God dotes on his children as a loving father. And in this example of a father's love from the book of Proverbs, we see the impact of his encouragement and guidance on his son. Proverbs 4, 11 through 12. I will guide you in the way of wisdom, the father says to his son, and I will lead you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Hmm. Anybody pray their uh, prayer list today? For your kiddos? Parents' prayer list, sit back there. A little track rack on the information table. Day 11. Faithfulness. Pray for your kids for faithfulness. 
Here's what it says. Let love and faithfulness never, never leave my children, but bind these twin virtues around their necks and write them on the tablet of their hearts. Guess where that verse is found? Revelation. Proverbs 3.3. 3. Today, you're praying for your kiddos and your grandkiddos and yourself. You prayed that love and faithfulness would be bound around them. They would never cast it aside. You see, the, when, you, when you start putting yourself in Proverbs, you start reading it and connecting with it. These things are going to come to you. These are not coincidences. These are the Lord's hand saying, Hello, hello, I'm here. I had one of those on Friday. Well, maybe it's Thursday. I don't know what day it was. Listen, okay, so it's going to go up on the screen here. Next, next slide there. There you go. I'm reading my golf magazine. It's lunchtime. I'm reading my golf magazine. And so I'm reading an article about Corey Connors. He's a pro golfer from Canada. And he marks his ball. There's an article. It's called, What's in My Bag? And it tells us about the golf clubs they use, the golf ball they use, the markers they use, things about them to know a little bit about them. And so I'm reading this article. You can see, what's, what's it say? What's this? What's, that's my girl. You see, on his golf ball, which golfers should do, they put marks on there so that if somebody else is using the same number and same ball, they know it's their ball. All right? So he puts the initials MM because that's the initials of his wife. You can read the article. You see it there. That's my girl. At the same time that day, the music therapist from the hospice is in our home with Paul, my father-in-law. And they are singing a song called I'm Five Foot Two, Eyes of Blue. It's an old song in the 20s. And it says at the end of it, the chorus, what? That's my girl. Now what is the chance of that happening at the same time I'm reading an article that says, that's my girl? Hi, Lord. You're involved in my life. You care for me. You love me. You keep doing these things just as I pray for love and faithfulness from Proverbs today for my kids and my grandkids. Just like you. So keep putting yourself in the Word of God. Keep looking for those things that the Lord is doing that ties things together around. And then could you share them with me? I'd love to hear from you so I can give more examples. I don't have to do all the examples. It would be such a great thing to be able to do that. We want to live wisely in God's world. You're going to soak up more of God's wisdom by reading about God's wisdom in the book of Proverbs. So join me if you haven't got there yet. Men, read it and share with your wife, your spouse. Share with them about what God's teaching you. Or just at least go, hey, I read Proverbs 11 today. Give them some encouragement. Share it with your kids. Your grandkids, this is what I'm reading. It is so important. Share it with a friend. Just share somewhere that they know. And you have a little bit of accountability, how excited you are about what God's doing in your life. And then look for the ways he's tying things together from wisdom and Proverbs for you. All right? So last Sunday, I pointed out the benefits of reading and applying Proverbs. It's found there in the first chapter. I gave you five, five thoughts that are there about the way that God would use wisdom in your life. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, 
king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fifth thing I said, why we should read and apply Proverbs, well really, I'm just repeating what Solomon said, is seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. Why do we read and apply Proverbs? So we can be a wise guy. We can be a wise gal. So we can be an expert and skilled in godly living. That's why Solomon writes to his son. That's why this father writes to his sons. That's why a, a, what a father, a godly father wants for his sons and his daughters, of course, is that they would be skilled, that they would be an expert in godly living, living out what Christ has done for us. So keep after it. Keep after it. But today we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. You can define it many different ways. I looked up a number of ways this past week to be able to put some you know, handles and hooks on this thing. But I've put some of them up here for, I've got some other ones, a deep respect for God and who He is. One author said, when I see and appreciate God for who He really is, His quality, His characters, His attributes, and His actions. It's a holy fear that leads to awe and reverence for the majesty and the holiness of God. I'd love to be able to sing that Living Hope song today as it just took us through the, the crucifixion, the resurrection. It's exalted Christ so well for us. I love this one. The healthy respect of a child for a holy loving but just father. The healthy respect of a child for a holy loving but just father. Those who really know who God is, fear him. And I love this one from Merle Unger. Again, I mentioned him last week at Professor Moody Bible Institute many, many years ago. Unger's Bible Dictionary, some of you have that in your library. Some commentaries that he put together. But, th but he puts it so well in this next one. Let, read it. Look at it with me. This fear, this fear of the Lord, dreads God's displeasure. It desires His favor. It reveres His holiness. It submits cheerfully to His will is grateful for his benefits, sincerely worships him, and conscientiously obeys his commands. Now that's a mouthful, I realize that. But man, does he nail what fear of the Lord is there. It dreads God's displeasure. It desires his favor. It reveres his holiness. It submits cheerfully to His will, is grateful for His benefits, sincerely worships Him, and conscientiously obeys His commands. Maybe a little bit simpler put for me as I put this one down. It, fear of the Lord is a desire to honor Him in everything. When I have a fear of the Lord, I have a desire to honor Him above everything. As Alicia's late brother Kip wrote, one of his songs. I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. I want 
to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. I want to honor him in everything. Now, I went through, I've been through my Bible. I've done a number of Google searches to try to find all the fears of the Lord in Proverbs. I probably spent an hour and a half just looking at articles, trying to make sure I got them all in there. I don't know if I do, so here's where you could help me out when you're reading the book of Proverbs. If I missed one, would you like text me or email me and let me know you missed one? I'll be perfectly fine with that. But I count in mine, the English Standard Version, I count 19 times fear of the Lord or fear of the Lord is used. I've read through the whole book to be able to do this, and I put F-O-T-L every time I can find one. So it stands out to me. So I don't know if I got them all, but you're going to help me. If I've missed some, let me know. Maybe there's some I missed, but here we go. All right? Oh, and I asked the guys in my men's group on Thursday morning. I gave them some chapters to look at as we were going through Proverbs. I looked at some of those, and I asked, Is, did he see any fears in the Lord, fear of the Lord in there? And tell me if I missed one. And they couldn't come up with any either, so I was really glad for that. But we didn't do the whole book. So if you find one, you got a whole list here. I think they're in your, your sermon outline there. You've got a whole list of there they are. So uh, here's what we're going to do. This is a little bit different sermon. This is going to be a little bit more participatory, okay? Do you think you could read 19 fears of the Lord with me? I don't think you can. I didn't get much of a yes on that one, did I? All right, so here we go, Aiden. Stay up there. Here we go. You ready? Read it with me. This is 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Next one is one twenty-eight to 29 Read it with me, please. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Wisdom is speaking there. Wisdom is speaking there. They didn't call upon me. They didn't, they didn't seek me. Therefore, they're not going to have the fear of the Lord. All right, next one, Aiden. Two, five. If you search for wisdom as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Next one is from three, seven. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Somebody forgot an A there. That typer guy. 8.13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. 10.27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be cut short. 14.2, whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord. But he who is devious in his ways despise him. 14, 26, and 27. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. 15, 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. 15, 33. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. 16.6 By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord one turns away from evil. 
The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited. 22.4 The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. 23.17 Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. 24, 21, and 22. My son, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise, for disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from both. 28, 14. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. And then 30, 31. This is chapter 31, 30. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It's a reading of God's Word. A reading of God's Word for us this morning. A lot there, isn't there? A lot there. That's 19 times, and maybe there's more. And you can find them in your reading, even this week. You see... Um, fear of the Lord will be a key to it being well with your soul. The fear of the Lord will be a key to it being well with your soul. When you have this respect for Him, how awesome, how great, how big, We recognize who he is and his character and his quality, and he's a God of grace, and he's a God of mercy, and he's a God of justice, and he's a God of love, he's a God of patience and of long suffering. He's a God who cares for us and walks with us, and he has all power and all knowledge and all everywhere present. We understand who he is, that fear that we have of him. Not so much the trembling fear, but that respect and awe. Well, we should have a little bit of trembling fear, I think, too. Or who he is. When we have that in our lives, when we put that in our lives, that makes it possible for the difficult times to go through. We can have his peace. And it can be well with our soul. We're not talking about earthly wisdom here. We're not talking about the fact that, well, you know, I'm smart, I learned these things. We're talking about the wisdom that comes from him. And you can only have that wisdom if you know him as your Savior. The only wise God. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. The King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. We can only have that as He's a part of our lives. And if you've never come to know the wise King, then today's the day to do that. To say yes to Him. Like Elias did when he was five and said yes to Jesus. Invited him to be a part of his life. As Caden is going to give testimony in the second service, I encourage you to stay for the first ten minutes and support Caden and his family as he testifies that Jesus Christ is a part of his life. Because Jesus is a part of life, they can have his wisdom. They can't have his wisdom without Jesus. So today I'd encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, and just pray the ABCs. Say the ABCs. Admit to God you're a sinner. A wise person would say that. 
A wise person knows that they're a sinner. Well, common sense tells us we're sinners. And in Jesus, he died for us. We have to place our faith upon him. We have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he gave his life for us. That's what he did on the cross for us. But he didn't stay on that cross. He didn't stay in the grave. He's risen. Amen. Yes, he is. That makes him our living hope. It'd really be hard to have a dead hope. He's still in the grave. There'll be no hope. The confident assurance that God will fulfill his promises, my definition of hope. The confident assurance that God will fulfill his promises. And if Jesus stayed in the grave, there would be no hope. So we confess our faith in Him. We say to Him, yes, I want you as a part of my life. Yes, I need forgiveness of sin. You are the one that can forgive me of my sin. We commit our lives to Him. We say yes to Him. We believe in Him. We place our faith in Him. For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We would boast if salvation came in our own way, right? But we can't boast this way. We can only boast in Him. Thank you, Lord. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, Pray that prayer just in your heart. And share it with us. What God's doing in your life. If you've made that decision, and probably many of you have here, or most of you have, you can have His wisdom. And you live it out by fearing the Lord, placing Him, honoring Him in everything you want to do. We know we're not perfect. We know we'll sin. We know we have this opportunity to confess those sins. We know that. First John 1, 9. But the fact is, that's our goal. That's our passion. That's what we head toward. I want to honor you in everything. I want to exalt who you are. I want to be in awe and reverence of who you are, that it would make a difference in my life, that it would make my actions follow you and seek you and pursue you. Now, here's what I want to do. I told you this would be a little bit different today. I'm going to put four verses together. You're going to see two at a time up on the screen. I want you to help me know what is the common theme of these four verses. All right, you ready? You're trying. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, here's the first two. We're looking for a common theme in these four verses. I couldn't get all four up on the same screen, so here we go. This happens to be in chapter 1, verse 7, right? What we've read. This is the theme of Proverbs. This is the thesis of what he wants us to understand. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The next verse. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. All right? Let's put the next ones up there, Aiden. Well, you didn't give me the fourth ones here. We got two. Oh, yes, thank you. Good job, Alicia, my wife. She is on top of things. Okay, I made a mistake there somehow, huh? Okay, so there's only two verses, but there are four verses. The other two are 9, 10, the fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, fear of the Lord. Okay, we missed the first one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom discipline. If you search for wisdom as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Gaining wisdom. 
four verses in Proverbs that talk to us about gaining wisdom, making wisdom a part of our life. And I love that one in chapter 2. If you search for wisdom as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you search for it as for hidden treasure or, or whatever it is for you that's really, really, really important to you, if you make it a priority like that, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find wisdom, and the fear of the Lord will guide you toward that. I mean, we search. We have things that are important to us. I'm going to read my golf magazine, as I said. I, you know, put that out there. Golf's important to me. Other sports are important to me. But if I would seek God like I do those things, it would show that I have a fear. But I want to honor Him in everything. And in that, I will gain wisdom. His wisdom for my life. Man, do I need His wisdom. Did anybody else need His wisdom for their life? Right now, especially, something's going on. It's, I need your wisdom. Lord, show it to me. Okay, let's go to the next one. I'm going to try to do this one right. Phew, didn't make too good on that one. All right, group number two, four verses. Aiden, make sure we get four verses up there. I don't goof this one up, okay? All right, here we go. Be not wise in your own eyes. Chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The next one, 8.13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. 6.16, or 16.6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, equip. Iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. 23, 17 through 18, let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there's a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Alicia, no, you can't tell them what it is. <laughs> well, don't put it up there yet. Is there a common theme in all those? You got it, exactly right. Let's see if they're right, Aiden. Well, how about that? Alicia didn't even help you. How about that? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Having this awe and reverence for Him will help you to turn away from evil. To say no to it. Does anybody uh, ever have a hard time kind of turning away from evil? Temptation comes our way. keeps knocking on our door. turn away and yet to say to him, turn to him and say, I need you. I need your help. On Friday night, there were about 55 of us from Majestic at the Caring Pregnancy Center banquet. Wow. That is just amazing to me. We got honored. We got, we got a shout out because we had the most people and the most tables at that banquet. We had five tables. Now, I, I do have to say this to you. I mean, I'm so thankful for that. But I was talking with Pastor Isaac. He's a pastor at Grandview Baptist Church in Beulah yesterday. They have Patriots Day celebration up there today. The church is working together. David and Chris are here. They know all about that because that's where they live. And uh, it's a big deal. They needed 100 chairs to be able to do that. So they came yesterday and picked up 100 chairs from us. What a blessing it is that we have to be able to share with other churches. I mean, what a blessing it is to be able to do that. What God's provided for us here. And Isaac said, you were at the bank last night. You guys got a shout-out for five tables? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, I'm going to kind of brag a little bit. 
I said, we have three tables. Now listen, this is a church of 70, and 30 people from their church were there. They beat our percentage by a whole bit, <laughs> a bunch. Man, that's incredible to me. Praise God for that, the work that's happening up there. You could go up there on the 25th. We've got a RGBA meeting, Royal Gorge Baptist Association meeting up there. I'd love for you to join us up there and see what's happening in our association of churches. All through this area, Trinidad, Pueblo, Avondale, Canyon City. Come and join us up there that day. Anyway, there were about 55 of us there. There were about 20 protesters out on the street. And uh, they, they weren't ugly. You know, they said things, but they weren't ugly in any way. But, you know, that I'm just going to state it. Abortion is evil. The dismembering of a child. The taking away of life. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand who those who believe in abortion as a right don't understand that they would not be there if their mom had aborted them. Just think kind of common sense, kind of logically. It hurts me. It pains me. And 63 million children have been slaughtered. It's evil. We have compassion to care. I'm not saying we don't do that. We have compassion for those that have been through that. I, Understand, and God brings forgiveness. I understand that, but why? Why would we, we do that in the name of health or in the name of a right? When we know it's the taking of a life. Appreciate you all that were at the banquet. Appreciate the support that you give to the pregnancy center. That we might protect life. And we might care for those that have been through the hard times. We do that too. We don't just neglect those. And we provide for those who need the help after a birth. And things are difficult. We do that. And we don't get government funding for that. We do it because people like you give. And you serve. And you're there helping. Because we care for life. And it is so we protect it because every life is valuable. Every life has worth. Now, Solomon says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Alright, group number three. Here we go. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. Give me the next two there, Aiden. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. The reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor life. Don't show them what it is. What's the four? What's the common theme in the four verses? Life. Yeah. Yeah. I put it satisfying life. Satisfying life. There it is. How about that? I got it right. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. So we've got gaining wisdom. We've got avoiding evil. We've got satisfying life. Just some common themes that are here. 
All right, let's go to the next one, the fourth group. Here we go. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Go ahead, next one there. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised and to give even more help. I had to go to Psalm to be able to do this. Psalm 115, 12 through 15. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. You can just hear somebody singing this song almost, right? He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. What's the common theme? A blessing. Yeah, a blessing. Good job, Steve. Right on it. Some type of blessing, right? Let's see what the answer is. Answer, please. The common theme is experiencing blessing in those four verses. So now as we go through trying to find these common things, we got gaining wisdom, we got avoiding evil, we got a satisfying life, and we got experiencing blessing. Here's my big idea. Here's how I put it together. I did this years ago, but I think it's pretty clever. I think you might think that too. The fear of the Lord will add wisdom, will subtract evil, will multiply life, and divide his blessing. That's pretty clever, isn't it? I thought it was when I wrote it too. But that's what the fear of the Lord will do in your life. It will add wisdom to your life, God's wisdom. It will help you to avoid evil. It will multiply life. And it will divide His blessings so that others get to be a part of who you are as you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can take that home. You can use that one. You're free to borrow that one, all right? That's what wisdom will do for you. All right. I need to finish up here. I love this sermon. <laughs> I love this sermon. Because I'm like you. I want to honor Him everything I do. Do I do that? No. Just like you. But that's my goal. That's the thing I want to do. I want to honor Him everything I do. And I had times like Friday driving, I didn't honor Him well at all. I struggled. You see, the fear of the Lord should move us toward godly actions, learning and growth, so that we are wise guys and wise gals. As I think about the Proverbs and the fear of the Lord, the Lord brought this thought to me in a powerful way on Thursday. Somebody here in the church gave me uh, this book, The Authorized Biography of Eugene Peterson, translated the message. He's the one that did the message translation. Um, she had read it, wanted me to be able to read it, so I started reading it with my wife at nighttime. A Burning in My Bones. Uh, it's by Wynn Collier. He's the guy to put it together. Let me give you a little Lord's timing. Did you happen to read who wrote today's Daily Bread article? Wynn Collier. <laughs> okay, Lord. <laughs> I mean, it, that, that can only he, he can only do that. I can't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't make it up. I start reading a book by Wynn Collier, and I read today's Daily Bread. It's by Wynn Collier. Anyway, here's this. Here's this statement. But I'll just read it to you. The statement is from William Blake. 
1700s into the 1800s, in England, he was a poet, a painter, a visionary. He wrote these words, They become what they behold. Now think about that. We become what we behold. I become what I behold. If I behold God in His awe, in His reverence, in His holiness, guess what I'm going to become? Not a God. (laughs) But I'll be growing in the image of Christ. I'll be becoming more like Him with His help. Because we become what we behold that which is important to us. So two historical events to bring to mind as I finish in the next 30 minutes or so. The first is, as Terry said, it's Patriots Day, celebration of 9-11. Certainly you remember where you were at at that time when it happened and it's before us. But as I was reading an article about it from a pastor, um, I think he was in the East somewhere, he reminded us, oh, I know, he was, he was near, he was near, he was in a church near the, where the Christ took in Pennsylvania, took place in Pennsylvania. He made this statement, which you all know. The churches were full the next Sunday. The churches were full the next Sunday. Why? Because all of a sudden, God got important. <laughs> all of a sudden, he got important. In crisis and tragedy, yeah, we'll turn to God. I need Him now. And within a month, churches were back to normal. It happened with Columbine. Same thing. You know, my church is two miles from Columbine at that time. Fifteen of our students were at Columbine that day. None were injured or killed. Churches were full all over Littleton, all over Denver. Within a month. See, we become what we behold. God was good for a little while, but Solomon tells us, I want you to have the fear of the Lord always. 24-7. All the time. I want to honor Him in everything I do. Second event. Queen Elizabeth's death this week. I didn't know much about Queen Elizabeth keep much of on that. But I've read a few articles, as you probably have, describing her faith in Christ Jesus. A number of statements that she read in her Christmas letters about the Christ of Christmas and the Christ who's a part of her life. But on Thursday morning, Alicia has an app on her phone. It's called Electio 365. Somebody in the church shared this with her. I think some of you uh, might use it too. It's really, really good. There's a there's a, a reading, a thought, a prayer in the morning, and then there's one in the evening time too. As it starts off in the evening, nighttime, the day is done, the night has come. And then they go through some thoughts about prayers, and thoughts about the day. When Alicia was listening to this, She shared it with me, and this is in the morning, so we know that somehow they recorded, they had recorded some of it before, but they had recorded a new thing to it that morning because of Queen Elizabeth's death. Amazing that we can do something like 
And here's what it here's what it said. True story. At her coronation in 1953, I looked it up. The queen was presented with a Bible. As these extraordinary words rang out in Westminster Abbey and around the world. This is 1953. These are the words that were said to Queen Elizabeth as she's handed a Bible as she assumes leadership. We present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. Imagine that being said today. In 1953, this is the Hanura Bible. And they say to her, We present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. End of quote. Now the author that puts together the Lectio 365 said this. She was wearing a priceless golden crown adorned with 2,901 precious stones. She was sitting upon a throne in a thousand-year-old vaulted abbey, and yet God's word was recognized as the most valuable thing this world affords. Wow. Wow. Thousands of years earlier, Solomon declared in chapter 1, verse 1, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. As one author said, the fear of the Lord and fools do not go together. Agar, as he writes in chapter 30, proclaimed this in chapter 5. Every word of God proves true. Or in other versions, every word of God He is a shield, Agar goes on. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Students, kids, parents, adults, seniors, God's word, the most precious thing you can have. Take the time to read.
aside the fleeting things of life and concentrate on what really matters. Thank you, Lord. You, you don't make us do this on your own. You help us. You've given us your spirit. You've given us your word. And you've given us one another. Help us become more like Christ and to be men and women who are wise guys and wise gals. Put us in the Word. Reading Proverbs, reading other books, reading other devotional materials, and then God just knit it all together in your tithing. Help us to be in tune for words like wisdom, Proverbs, fear of the Lord. Because you're speaking. You're speaking all the time. Help us to hear and have a mind that focuses on you. We want to honor you.